Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the Raiders in the past, they get flexed. We'll talk about that. We'll go over Monday slash Wednesday's injury report, and you'll hear the Cliff Branch experience that took place at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Your calls and texts will close things out. It's all coming up on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, December 6, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raider Podcast free and available on all platforms. Appreciate everyone who chimes in, no matter if it's on the audio version of the podcast, YouTube, or both. We definitely appreciate that and definitely appreciate my guy Ari, who's holding it down in the back end, making sure that YouTube is a go at Ari Produces on Twitter. Got a lot to get to on today's show, and it's so funny. I think Thursday is going to come around, and I'm still not going to be done recapping what happened on Sunday against the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium, but we're going to have to be done with it, right? We're going to have to turn the page, and we're going to do it sooner rather than later since the game is on Thursday. Week 14 is right around the corner. First off, we'll talk about week 15. Even though it hasn't even been week 14, on Monday, the NFL announced that the Raiders-Patriots game was being flexed from Sunday night football at Allegiant Stadium to a 105 Pacific Standard Time kickoff, which stinks. I don't like it. I mean, I, I somewhat like it only because it's an afternoon game, and by the time I get home, I can get my stuff done and get to bed at a certain time, but that's me being selfish. Really love the uh, fact that the Raiders have primetime games. Was looking forward to that primetime game, and... Not as like it's a surprise. I mean, you're talking about a five and seven team and a six and six team. So wasn't surprised that they flexed the Raiders and uh, Patriots out of that spot. I was surprised that they flexed the Giants and Commanders in. I mean, the Giants come in at seven four and one. Well, they're seven four and one right now, and then the Commanders are seven five and one right now, and they just tied on Sunday. So I was surprised that that's the game that they put in that position. Thought it would have been a different one, and I know there wasn't a whole lot of great matchups on, on the docket for Week 15, so I was a little surprised that they did that. But, I mean, I felt like after we saw the flex from last week, I thought, okay, the Raiders are probably going to get flexed just because of the overall record. But I uh, didn't think it was going to be for the Giants in Washington, even though the NFC East has been a really good division. So there you go. If you're planning on going to that Sunday night football game, Week 15 at Allegiant Stadium, it is no longer Sunday night football. It is now Sunday afternoon football at 105. Also on Monday, because the Raiders play on Thursday, they actually had to come out with their first injury report of the week. And it's so funny because it's really the Wednesday injury report. Usually you get them Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. This week we're going to get them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then 90 minutes before kickoff on Thursday is when we'll find out who's active and inactive. And look, it's hard to take a lot from the injury report this week when it comes to the Raiders or the Rams because nobody's practicing. I mean, that's the reality of it. Nobody is practicing this week. It's all going to be glorified walkthroughs and guys trying to get rest. So with that being said, take this with a grain of salt because the Raiders had a pretty lengthy injury report list from Monday. But again, it was just a walkthrough. There was no practice. So basically, it was just an estimate. But guys that did not participate, cornerback Rocky Sin dealing with the knee injury. Also, Jesper Horstead, concussion. He didn't play last game. Uh, he's been out with a concussion. He's probably going to be out a little bit longer. Cornerback Tyler Hall, back injury, didn't participate. Linebacker Jayon Brown, hand injury, did not participate. 
Andrew Billings, fibula injury, did not participate. Guys that were limited, running back Amir Abdullah dealing with a hamstring injury, running back Brandon Bolden with a calf injury, linebacker Curtis Bolton with an ankle injury. Uh, who else was limited? Safety Deron Harmon dealing with a quad injury. Also running back Josh Jacobs with a quad and a calf injury. He was limited. Center Andre James, quad injury, limited. Um, let's see, who else? Isaiah Polamoa, who actually got a sack on Sunday, the safety, ankle injury. He was limited. Uh, and then defensive tackle Kendall Vickers dealing with the back injury he was limited as well as far as guys that were full participants linebacker Denzel Perryman dealing with the wrist injury he was full long snapper Trent Sieg with the ankle injury he was full so as I said a very lengthy injury report for the Raiders again it was a glorified walkthrough so I wouldn't take a whole lot from that as of right now as far as the charges go let's go ahead and take a look at the charges and what they got going on Aaron Donald, ankle injury, didn't participate. Linebacker Traven Howard, hip injury, didn't participate. Linebacker Terrell Lewis, back, didn't participate. Defensive back David Long Jr., you got it, didn't participate with a groin injury. Uh, Lance McCutcheon, the wide receiver, shoulder injury, didn't participate. And cornerback John Wolford, quarterback, excuse me, John Wolford, neck injury, didn't participate either. Uh, guys that were limited, defensive um, defensive back uh, Troy Hill with the groin injury, he was limited, and wide receiver Ben Skobernak with a shoulder injury was limited as well. But they didn't practice. It was an estimate just like the Raiders were. Again, neither one of these teams is going to participate in pretty much anything at all this week. It's going to be all glorified uh, um, walkthroughs. And like I said, they're all just going to try to get some little bit of rest and get uh, healed up a little bit as they prepare for this game Thursday night at SoFi Stadium. Next, I want to let you hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. He met with us at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center a little earlier than he normally does on Mondays. Usually meets around uh, 10, 1030. Uh, he met with us at 9 a.m. on Monday. So I uh, want to go ahead and go through a couple of the sound bites from him. And first one is the opening statement where he talks about Cliff Branch, and then he also talks about the previous game with the Chargers and the victory and what he saw after going over the film. Before I get going on the game and this week, um, I think two things. I'd probably be remiss if I didn't mention this. Um, what a great day it was for um, you know Cliff Branch and his family to be able to get the ring, uh, his Hall of Fame ring, and in front of our crowd and uh, with all our fans and so many of our alumni coming back uh, to celebrate that occasion. I thought that was. I got a chance to see a few of them, but I thought you know it was a great ceremony and obviously uh, well deserved and happy for them. Um, and then just the. The overall atmosphere yesterday. There's a reason why this is the best fan base and uh, in the National Football League, and that was on full display yesterday. So, after being away for a while, um, you know, just really being able to come home and uh, be in in Allegiant Stadium and 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 just feel their presence, and obviously they made a difference. So, uh, appreciate uh, their support as always. But yesterday was kind of extra special. So. Um, like I said, after the game, um, hard fought. Um, it's a good team. They're, they're well coached. Um, they gave us some fits early, uh, especially on offense. Um, but uh, I thought our guys hung in there and really battled, um, you know, in all three phases. Uh, kind of figured some things out as the game wore on offensively. I thought our defense um, tried to contest really everything from the beginning of the game on. and. Uh, make it as hard as we could uh, for them to to drive the ball and um, try to you know create pressure as much as we could on the quarterback and limit the running game. They got some really good players and uh, they're hard to stop, you know. And you just try to contain them as long as you can. And thought we executed some things in the kicking game. Uh, tried to 
you know, our kickoff coverage showed up again yesterday. I know we gave up the one punt return uh, to Carter, who's a, obviously a really good player. But um, all in all, felt like we competed hard for 60 minutes and um, and a really earned uh, earned the victory, you know, yesterday. And uh, it's a short short turnaround, you know. So we told him last night uh, was Wednesday night last night, and today's Thursday. So. Um, you know, we got to turn our clocks ahead here pretty quickly and get on to the Rams. There's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about the uh, the, the Cliff Branch, uh, everything that went on with him. And you'll hear a lot more about Cliff Branch coming up in segment number two, The Honor. You'll actually hear the actual audio. But uh, I've said it, and I said it on the radio on Monday. I really think that Josh McDaniels is embracing being a Raider. He's embracing being the villain, the bad guy, right? I mean, he's having a good time with that. You know, he said uh, earlier in the, what, like, like last week, well, we're the Raiders. And, I mean, just he's done that ever since he's been the Raiders head coach. He's really embraced being on the dark side of things, and I, I really do like that. And I think that that's cool to know that he's enjoying what he's doing and enjoying being part of the Raiders organization. Uh, also, a lot of people hit me up on Twitter during the game on Sunday and said, Q, why does Daniel Carlson have someone holding the ball? Why why are they doing that? They're indoors. It's not like the wind is blowing the ball off the tee, which I thought that that was the only way that you could have somebody holding the ball. I wasn't aware that there was a rule that the, the NFL actually clarified a couple weeks ago that says you can hold the, the ball on the top of the tee if you so choose to. And the Raiders think that that's better for hang time. And you saw it on Sunday with Daniel Carlson. He was able to get some better hang time. But Vinny Bonsignor asked head coach Joshua Daniels about it. And it's so funny listening to the soundbite. Almost sound like he didn't want to answer it. Didn't want to really put it out there why they were doing it. But he did. So here's head coach Joshua Daniels talking about holding the ball on the tee and what it does for the Raiders and if it gives them an advantage or not. Yeah, there's a, um, there's a little bit of a um, – they clarified a rule uh, a couple weeks ago that um, – you know, you're, you're permitted to hold the ball on the top of the tee now. And um, so, you know, you got a good kicker. You can add hang time to the kick. Um, and uh, I think you saw Daniel use that to our advantage yesterday. And, um, you know, as long as you don't kick it into the end zone, um, extra hang time, you know, put it at the goal line. We're further down there, you know, it gives the cover team a, a better opportunity to make some tackles inside the 25-yard line, which I think we did a, a decent job of that yesterday. But, um, <clears throat> you know, that's that's the rules. So uh, they clarified it a couple weeks ago, and we're just we're gonna if it's if it helps us gain some kind of an advantage, uh, then we'll we'll try to do that. So there you go, right there. Head coach Josh McDaniels talking about uh, holding the ball on the kickoff and, you know, holding it at the top and the fact that the NFL clarified that rule. And so he said they're following the rules, but I don't know if you can hear it in his voice. Really didn't sound like he wanted to answer that question. I'm sure he was probably thinking in his head, Vinny, why did you ask me that one? How about Chandler Jones? He had a monster game on Sunday. I mean, he had three sacks. The Raiders had five as a team. Chandler Jones could have had all five as far as I was concerned. So here is a head coach, Josh McDaniels, who's been telling us all the great things that Chandler Jones is doing even though he hasn't been notching sacks well now he got three sacks had a big monster day on Sunday here's head coach Josh McDaniels just talking about Chandler Jones and what he brings to the team I think I've I've mentioned it a number of times I, I Chandler's done a lot of good things you know and just the number that everybody is focused on you know is the sack number and I understand that um you know, and I thought he just played with great effort. He was relentless. I um, thought they executed a few things in the pass rush, you know, that we're, we've been working hard on. Again, I think all of that is a complementary factor. You know, the inside rush, the outside rush, the coverage. If one breaks down, then a lot of times then you have 
um, you know, you don't you lose an opportunity to create pressure on the quarterback. So I think we're learning how to work together a little bit better as the season has gone on. And uh, Chandler, like I said, Chandler played his butt off when he was in there. And I thought he had a lot of help up front, too. There was a lot of people that were playing hard and trying to create pressure. And, and Chandler, you know, was able to get the quarterback down a few times, obviously. Happy for Chandler Jones picking up the three sacks, having a big game, uh, having a big deflection. I mean, he just he 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 balled out in a major way on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Big reason why the Raiders' defense was so dominant was because of what he was able to do and all the pressure he was able to get on Justin Herbert. See if he can continue to do that. See if he can continue to get home. You know, sacks usually come in bunches. Can he build off the three-sack performance he had on Sunday? One guy that helped him with that performance, I do believe, has been a big addition to the Raiders' team, Jerry Tillery. Uh, He was a guy that was waived by the Chargers, and I feel like I like to say he's got a little something in his neck. Feels like Jerry Tillery's got a little something in his neck, and he's bringing it to the Raiders, giving him a little bit of attitude, a little bit of nasty on the defensive side of things, especially in the interior of that defensive line where the Raiders were, I don't want to say they were a little soft, but they weren't very good. And I feel like they're getting a lot more pressure now in the interior part of the defensive line. So I asked head coach Josh McDaniels what he's thought so far, Jerry Tillery, what he brings to that Raiders uh, defensive tackle rotation. Yeah, he's um, really excited about him being here. Um, You know, he's got great energy for us and um, really you know like I said last week you know he's he's kind of melded very well into the defensive line room and those guys have great communication um, I think they enjoy playing with one another uh, and Jerry's just you know giving us everything he has and, and whatever we're asking of him he, he's willing to do it and uh, been a great teammate uh, certainly disruptive you know and it, again he's one of those guys where he may not get you to the ground but he might be a reason why somebody else gets you to the ground um, you know and so just uh, you know and again we're still growing and learning and, and he's doing the same thing so uh, hopeful that we'll just continue to get better and better. So there you go right there head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Jerry Tillery and what he's brought to the table and again I do think that he's really helped uh, with that defensive line kind of come together of course Max Crosby is going to be the anchor you've got Chandler Jones Andrew Billings, who didn't play last week, uh, you know, he's been doing some really good things. Bilal Nichols, Cleve Furl, you know, guys like that. Matthew Butler picked up a half a sack. Don't want to take anything away from those guys, but I think that I, I really do believe Jerry Tillery has been a nice welcome addition to that Raiders defensive line. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Kind of news and notes of the day, everything that happened with the Silver and Black on Monday. Coming up in segment number two, I'm excited about this. I talked about it in great detail on Monday's show about the Cliff Branch honors that were going on at halftime. You heard from Elaine Anderson, uh, Cliff Branch's sister, and I said that I wanted to get the audio. I got the audio, and it's still, I mean, it's going to do some justice. It's going to help. Right, really paint the picture of what was going on at Allegiant Stadium during halftime, but still, it's nothing like the video. It's it's really good audio, but it's nothing like the video. You'll hear that coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you do is you create your own free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then you add you know, your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Right now, LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. 
Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Excited about this next segment. Excited to talk about this Cliff Branch honor uh, that happened at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, and I was very pumped up about it on on Monday's show. I was pumped up about, uh, you know, just seeing Cliff Branch get his uh, number put on the Hall of Fame wall and being able to get a couple minutes with Elaine Anderson, his sister, being there right next to the Cliff Branch bus, being able to take a picture of her and Mark Davis, you know, just really embracing and loving the fact that Cliff Branch was enshrined forever on the Hall of Fame wall at Allegiant Stadium, and of course, into Canton, Ohio, and then got his ring at halftime. And, you know, there was a lot of details that I was not aware of on Monday until later on in the afternoon. Did not realize the guy playing Cliff Branch was Jacoby Ford, former Raider wide receiver, which I'm trying to get on the show. So hopefully I'll be able to catch up with him either later today or maybe tomorrow, talk about what it meant for him to be able to do that. I saw a couple people, including my buddy Mickey, saying that, yeah, uh, I saw when Jacoby Ford took his helmet off that it was him and he was signing autographs in the black hole. I didn't realize that sitting in the press box. So I started to learn a lot about the whole presentation that happened at Allegiant Stadium on Monday. But shout out to Jacoby Ford. He was a fun Raider to follow and he was a burner, right? So for him to play Cliff Branch, Made all the sense in the world. But I reached out to the Raiders and I was like, man, I got to get this audio. This is some really good stuff. I want Raider Nation to be able to hear it just in case they weren't at Allegiant Stadium. And I do believe they're going to put the video up at some point on Raiders.com. So you can really check it out and get the whole experience. But I think this one, this sound right here, if you can just close your eyes and listen to the sound, it's going to give you a hell of an experience and almost send chills up and down your back just because it's like putting you in Allegiant Stadium and you understand what's going on. So without further ado, this was the Halftime Experience honoring Cliff Branch. Ladies and gentlemen, please give your undivided attention for a special halftime show presented by Silver and Black Productions. This is a recreation of the legend of Cliff Branch. On August 1st, 1948, Clifford Branch Jr. was born in Houston, Texas. As one of four children, Cliff was always playing outside with his siblings and other neighborhood kids, which is where he began to discover his most impressive gift, his speed. As Cliff got older and began high school, he continued to develop and fine-tune this skill by joining the track team and also began to play football. His athletic prowess caught the attention of many colleges, but Cliff chose to attend the University of Colorado Boulder, where he would continue to excel in both football and track and field for the Buffaloes. On your mark, get set. This is where a coach named Tom Flores began to notice the kid with blazing speed. In the fourth round, with the 98th overall pick of the 1972 NFL Draft, Tom Flores, Al Davis, and the Oakland Raiders selected wide receiver Cliff Branch. Just weeks later, he even set the 100-meter NCAA championship meet record with a time of 10 seconds flat during the 1972 semifinal garnering attention from the United States men's national track team. Nevertheless, Cliff made the decision to pass on the chance to run in the Olympic Games that summer and attend Raiders training camp. 
From that moment on, Cliff was forever a Raider. As soon as Cliff joined the Silver and Black, he was taken under the wing of a fellow receiver who would also have Canton in his future. Fred Belenikoff saw the potential in the young man, but needed to help him polish his game a bit to have a greater impact. Namely, teaching him to catch the ball with his hands rather than his body. Who knew the weapon that would be unleashed on the NFL? During his 14-year NFL career, all with the Oakland and Los Angeles Raiders, Cliff began to build his legacy by shredding defenses to become a four-time pro bowler and a three-time all-pro wide receiver. He amassed a total of 501 receptions for 8,685 yards, both third most all-time in Raiders history. And he scored two touchdowns in Super Bowl 15 and one touchdown in Super Bowl 18, helping lead the Raiders to three Super Bowl wins, becoming one of only six Raider players to win all three. He caught passes from legendary quarterbacks such as Daryl LaMonica, George Blanda, Ken Stabler, and Jim Plunkett. He is also one of only 13 players ever to score a 99-yard touchdown, which is still the longest pass completion in Raiders history. Cliff was a dependable and durable player over his career, rarely missing games for injury, including when he pulled his hamstring on that 99-yard touchdown play. He was always smiling and always brought smiles to the faces of those that he interacted with. His selfless nature and commitment to community reflected his humble upbringing and captured the hearts of so many beyond Raider Nation. Even here in the local Las Vegas community, Cliff immersed himself and helped those who needed it most, all the way up until he passed away on August 3rd, 2019, just days after his 71st birthday. Almost three years later to the day, on August 6th, 2022, one of the most prolific and electric wide receivers in the history of the National Football League was finally immortalized with his brothers. Please welcome Ron Mix, class of 1979. Jim Otto, class of 1980. Fred Bolitnikov, class of 1988. Art Shell, class of 1989. Ted Hendricks, class of 1990. Mike Haynes, class of 1997.
Dave Casper, class of 2002. Marcus Allen, class of 2003. Tim Brown, class of 2015. Ron Wolf, class of 2015. Charles Woodson, class of 2021. And please welcome back Elaine Anderson. At this time, we welcome Jim Porter, president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, to say a few words. The mission of the Pro Football Hall of Fame is to honor the greatest of the game, preserve its history, promote its values, and celebrate excellence everywhere. There are three iconic symbols that represent inclusion into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The gold jacket worn by these great Hall of Famers here on the field, the, bu the bronze bust that will last and live forever in Canton, Ohio, and this in this ring of excellence from K Jewelers that we present to Elaine Anderson in honor of Cliff Branch. There are only 362 Pro Football Hall of Famers and Cliff Branch is one of them. On behalf of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, our Hall of Famers and our staff, we are honored to have Cliff join us in Canton, Ohio. Raider Nation, give it up one more time for Pro Football Hall of Famer, Cliff Branch. So there it was right there. I had to condense it a little bit to make it, you know, to make it sound good for the podcast, make it sound good for the radio. But hopefully you enjoyed that. I literally took it, put it together and listened to it again. It was like, man, that was awesome. Like I could picture everything that was going on in the stadium so again uh the video should be up at raiders.com at some point you could definitely check that out and um, so i'm telling you you'll you'll do yourself a favor by checking it out i thought it was really an awesome job that they did uh probably one of their better i know they were very proud of it so i know that uh that's something that you really should check out when given the opportunity so uh, that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, we didn't get any calls and texts on Monday's show. We had some locker room sound. I still have more locker room sound, but I'll get to that on Wednesday on, on the Locked On Raiders podcast. We'll get to some calls and texts next, 707-654-4693. That's the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Before we get to it, I do want to let you know about this episode being brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find a sneak peek of Block Forever available on Locked On NFL right now. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from NFL, former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil will take the conversation about football to the next level. Gives football fans and insiders look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. He'll sit down with star players, coaches, former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field, at the hotels, inside locker rooms, during team meetings, you know, all that good stuff. I mean, take you real deal behind the scenes is what he's going to do. You'll hear from guys like Christian McCaffrey, Juju Smith-Schuster, and a whole lot more. 
New episodes of Block Forever will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday Night Football. Ryan and guests discuss topics like player psyche, sports betting, playing through pain, and a whole lot more. All you got to do is head over to Locked On NFL for a sneak peek of Block Forever or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcast. Available everywhere right now. Audible, get in the game. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Start things off with a call from Raider Myth in the 408. It's either Myth or Miz, man. I always get this wrong. Sorry, my man. But uh, here he is. He's calling to talk about the game, the defense with Chandler Jones, and also the return of Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Here he is, Raider Myth or Raider Miz in the 408. Yo, 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 Q. It's your boy, Raider Myth, calling from the 408. Uh, I know I haven't called in a while, but, man, I got to call him for this. Papa Rolling Stone, Chandler Jones showed up. Man, all the work he's been putting in, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's been trying, obviously. But, man, it's good to see him, bro. It's good to see now that this – I mean, this game is honestly was probably the best I've seen as far as complimentary. Uh, the DBs, you know, they can cover. They don't have to worry about people breaking off and doing all kinds of weird stuff. Um, just a round of applause for everybody. What I want, what I'm alluding to now is if they can play very good with Chandler, you know, showing up and being complimentary to Max and, and, uh, then breaking to the, through the middle. Um, if Waller and, 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 and Renfro can get on the same page here and when they're back or if they come back, which is why I'm kind of calling and see what's the status on that. Like, I mean, even if they come back or if Waller figures out what's going on, you know what I'm saying? This team could be 100% projected to what it's supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? Um, or it's projected to be, I guess. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all i got to say, man. It just keeps this train going. I mean, shoot, we got a wounded duck in, in L.A., so hopefully we can just keep them, you know, and just keep rolling this out. You know, keep this streak going is what I'm saying. But that's all i got to say, man. All right, Q, take care. Let's go Raiders. Raiders! Thank you for the call, my man. Do appreciate you. And one of these days, I'm going to get your name right, man. I'm sorry. But uh, you got to take it one game at a time. You know, you hope that these guys can continue to gel. And hopefully when Waller and Renfro come back, if they come back, you can kind of blend them back into the offense slowly. Like, that's my vision. You see the the core. You see what they have right now. Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, two-headed monster right now. Once Waller and Renfro come back, and I don't think it'll be this week. I think it won't be till week 15. And you start to see them kind of just get blended in because they're doing well without them. So it's not like you have to rush and get them back out there just to survive. You just kind of blend them in slowly. You don't force it on them. And then you can see that offense grow. I think that they're big time, uh, you know, forces on the team, but they don't have to be big time forces on the team, if that makes any sense. So, uh, yeah, I think you'll see them, but I don't think you'll see them until week 15 because they wouldn't get any playing or any practice time at all this week on a short week. So I don't expect to see them. At all, but thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Flatland Raider. It says, Hey Q, Flatland Raider here. Hats off to you and your awesome coverage week to week. I just truly can't get behind why people are so against DC. He's had so many obstacles in his career. Different OCs, new head coaches, not consistent line play, and yet he plays hard week in and week out. We wouldn't want to be we wouldn't be anywhere close without him. Once again, great show every day. Thanks for making work. Go faster with your coverage. Raider Nation for life, baby. That's from Flatland Raider. And, I mean, what that's Derek Carr is one of those guys that's always going to be a polarizing figure, right? He's going to be one of those guys that some people love him, some people hate him, some people are just like, eh, whatever, right? I mean, it's just it is what it is. I, I'll say this. I do think that he's a guy you can win with. 
especially with this core that they have around them. And I think that that's what the plan is, especially with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams came to the Raiders to play with his college teammate in Derek Carr, so I don't see them replacing him anytime soon. I do think that they're going to continue to try to find whoever the next guy is going to be. So at one point when they decide, okay, this is, you know, ran its course, then they can move on seamlessly. But I definitely think that Derek Carr is a guy that you can win with. And I know everybody doesn't want to hear that, but I, I believe it. So, you know, and now look, he's not a guy that's going to put, put you know, every team on his back and just carry them to the promised land. But you put the right pieces around him and he'll do some good things, as you can see from the last three-game winning streak. And the one thing I do know about Derek Carr, like I said, when uh, the, 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 the game where they lost to the Colts, the last time they played at Legion Stadium and he was, you know, in tears at the podium, at least I know that dude cares. At least I know that dude wants to win more than anything. He wants to do right by this organization more than anything and also do right by Mark Davis, right? A guy who's, who's paid him very well the whole time he's been in the league. And so that's the one thing I do know. I'm not saying he's perfect, but I do know he cares and cares about the Raiders organization. Thank you so much for that text. Next up, I got a call from Emilio from Rancho Cordova. He's calling to give some love to the ones that deserved it from the Raiders 27-20 win versus the Chargers. Here he is, Emilio from Rancho Cordova. Hey, what's up, Q? This is a... Emilio from Ranch Cordova. Man, I feel good on this Monday after this win yesterday. The Raiders did really good. Very proud of the Raiders and how they played, especially on the offense. Devontae Adams going crazy and uh, Josh Jacobs doing his thing too. And uh, shout out to uh, Chandler Jones. He really went out there and balled yesterday with three sacks. Yeah, he did really good. I was I was super surprised about that. Just the defensive line in general did really good. Five sacks and just making havoc for Justin Herbert. That was amazing to see. And to really, the score was 20 to 27, which is about where I said uh, we needed to win. But our defense really only gave up 13 points to uh, that, that intercession that got brought back. I mean, that... Uh, he took took uh, interception that he took back for a touchdown was more on the offense, but defense did really good, only really giving up 13 points, uh, really good, and um, yeah, just a really good performance by the team. Uh, can't wait. Uh, I know this coming Thursday should be a win too because I know Stafford's out, and I believe Aaron Donald's supposed to be out, and Cooper Cuff and and Allen Robinson, so. Man, it's looking really good now for the Raiders. A few weeks ago, we were all, you know, looking down and uh, just, like, really uh, not feeling good. But now, since we got these three wins underneath our belt and going into uh, playing in the Rams Thursday, I feel really good about our playoff chances. But, yeah, all right, Q, uh, keep doing your thing. Love this podcast. Uh and uh, go Raiders. Thank you so much for the call, my man. And, yeah, I appreciate you. And, yeah, the defense did a really good job. They gave up 13 points. And, in my opinion, they really set the tone for the game. They were down 10 nothing, and they really allowed the Raiders to stick around, stick around, stick around in that game and make a play, get the ball back, and get the ball rolling, right? And so the offense all of a sudden was able to jump, get jump-started because the Raiders' offense, it looked like a snooze fest at first. And they came out of the locker room, it looked like they were still asleep. So I got to give the Raiders defense a lot of credit. I thought the interior of the defensive line, obviously Chandler Jones did a really good job. thought the secondary, who played a lot of man coverage, was nasty and all up in the wide receiver's uh, grills. 
Thought they did a heck of a job. Uh, Trayvon Merrick, I thought he had the best game so far of his uh, uh, of this year. So, I mean, there was there was a lot to like about the defense, and I really want to give them a lot of credit. So thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. Now, of course, you know, the Raiders put up 27 points offensively, so you got to give them props as well. But the defense did a hell of a job. Thank you so much again for your call. Next up, I got a text from Caden Raider in Reno. He says, yo, Q, it's Caden Raider from Reno. This is the Raiders we've been waiting for all year. Defense was great, and Chandler Jones had a day. Offense had a rough start, but a start. Offense had a rough start, but snapped out of it, and they were cooking. Adams and Carr convection is something special. These boys need to rest up on a short week. Q, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate the hard work. And one last thing, Raiders. That's from Caden Raider in Reno. And yeah, that, that's the thing. I that was kind of one of the themes I talked about on the radio on Monday. Was you know this is kind of the offense that we saw, and this is not even all of them. It's no Waller, no Renfro. This is kind of the explosiveness that you expected that they could be. Right, the way that they're able to strike with Devontae Adams, the way that Josh Jacobs is ready to run downhill. You know, I mean, you thought some good things could really happen with the weapons that they have, and it's not the casting characters you thought it was going to be, but they're still showing what it could be. So I just like the fact, I know it's taken a long time. Uh, the offensive line, you got to give them a lot of credit for being able to gel and give the, you know, give Derek time to throw the ball and obviously open up holes for Josh Jacobs. But you're, sh- you're seeing glimpses of what this team could look like. So thank you so much. For that text, I do appreciate you. We'll take one more call, and then we'll wrap things up for today's show. Jay Raider in the 760. He's calling to talk about the current three-game winning streak. Takes a look at the schedule and has a question for me as well. Here he is, Jay Raider in the 760. Hey, what up, Q? It's me, Jay Raider, coming from the 760. It's been a minute since I called. I just got done listening to the podcast. I love the win, man. I love the energy. Uh, Raider Nation definitely on cloud nine right now, and and we deserve this, man. You know, the Raiders deserve this. The fan base deserves this. Uh, yesterday's game, I can only imagine um, how it must have been, um, the atmosphere there at the stadium. But, um, yeah, so I wanted to chime in, man. Um, you know, I'm looking at the schedule, and, you know, I'm looking at these teams, and, I I mean, the Rams don't scare me. Patriots, Steelers, Niners, and Chiefs. I mean, honestly, Q, I think the Raiders can keep this win streak going and beat these teams. Now, the one question I have for you, Q, is I know that um, Waller and Renfro are coming back. Now, do you think by them coming back, um, since we have something good going on right now, do you think they're going to mess up the chemistry that these guys have going on? I mean, because they've been, you know, non-existent all season long. So, I don't know, man. I'm kind of nervous if if they're in the lineup. I know that they're playmakers, okay? I, I would love for them to be on the lineup. I just... I don't know, Q. I just don't want to mess up the formula that the Raiders have going on right now, man. I don't want them to try to force something and change up the winning formula that they have right now. Um, I don't know, Q. I just wanted your thoughts. Maybe you can ask on the podcast and see if, you know, what Raider Nation thinks and, you know, what you think. And, you know, I'm not an expert, man. You know, I just, I love my team and I love to watch them win and I just want them to keep winning, man. So, if you could ask, you know, on, on the podcast, you know, I would, I would appreciate that, man. Maybe, I'm sure there's other fans out there that have the same question, man. So, anyways, Q, you have a good day, man. Thank you for all the things that you do. Jay Raider out. Thank you so much for the call, my man. It's always good to hear from you. And, again, man, you got to take it one game at a time. You can't worry about week 15 until week 14 is over. And week 14 hasn't even started. Uh, As far as Waller and Renfro goes, I do think that they get back into the mix, but it won't be till week 15. So, uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. It's just with this short week. 
No practice for these guys. It's all glorified walkthrough. Josh McDaniels has alluded to it multiple times. Just wouldn't be fair to try to put them in a game situation with no practice. So I, I think that at the very least, it's going to wait until at least week 15 before you see Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro. But once you add them to the mix, like I said earlier, just kind of slowly feed them in there, man. They don't have to be thrown into the fire and all of a sudden be big-time playmakers. You know, a little a little nibble here, a little nibble there, a little taste here, a little taste there can go a long way because right now it's Devontae Adams, Mac Hollins, a little Keelan Cole, right? I mean, it's, it's it, you know, DJ Turner is out there a little bit, right? I mean, if you can get Darren Waller back out there, even if he's a threat, oh, Foster Morrow, he's out there doing a little something-something. You know, if you can get those guys out there, Hunter Renfro back out there, even the threat of them, even them just being on the field makes a difference, even if they're not heavily involved in the offense. So it's something to look forward to. But thank you so much for that uh, call. I do appreciate you, and that's all I got time for on today's show. Uh, coming up tomorrow, man, we're getting closer and closer and closer to game day, right? It's already going to be tomorrow, and the game is on Thursday. So week 14 will kick off Raiders and Rams from so SoFi Stadium. Excited about that. I did want to tell you, and I'll remind you before Thursday, but uh, NFL Films was actually hanging around the radio station, hanging around where I was at on Monday night at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, uh, the hotel and casino here in Vegas. They were there filming some of my radio show. They filmed some of the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center on Monday as well. They have a Raiders presentation that they're going to do on, uh, on on Thursday before the game. So I think it's because of the Battle of L.A., but I'm not sure. Like, who's the biggest fan base in L.A., which we know is still the Raiders, regardless if the Rams and Chargers play there. I think that's what it's for, but I'm not 100% sure. But if you watch the game on Thursday, which I'm sure you will, uh, you should see the radio station. Uh, I know that they're going to have me featured on it quite a bit as they uh, they recorded basically my whole first hour of my radio show on Monday from the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. So make sure you check that out. But that's going to do it for today's show. Again, thanks so much for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Because of my man Ari. Shout out to Ari Produces on Twitter. At Ari Produces on Twitter. Check him out. But thank you very much for your fine work behind the scenes. Till tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.